And this morning we do welcome um, a familiar face, at least I know for many of us, uh, Pastor Kurt, uh, Reverend Kurt Sellis, who is now the director of Reframe Ministries, has been there about 11 years, and uh, he can probably tell us more about that. Um, but welcome back, Kurt. We also uh, supported Kurt and Vicki when they were missionaries to China for a, a long number of years, and it's great to see you again and have you here. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Good morning. It is really good to be here. I was uh, looking at my phone before um, I sent the bulletin information to be here this morning. I've been here a number of times. I realized I was here in 2014, and I made sure I wasn't preaching the same sermon that I preached back in 2014. It is good to be here to um, meet up with some folks I know and uh, have enjoyed over the years. I think I've known Peter for maybe more than 30 years. Peter was a boy when I first met him. Yeah. So it's good to be here. It's also great to have the opportunity to open God's Word and uh, even to share a little bit about our ministry, Reframe Ministries. So Reframe Ministries is the media ministry of the Christian Reformed Church. Our ministry started back in 1939. Back in the day, it was called the Back to God Hour. It was a small radio program, uh, but God really blessed that radio program and uh, reached out to people across North America. Sometime after starting the Back to God Hour, this radio program, our ministry started a daily devotional. It's called the Today Devotional. Perhaps some of you have even used that devotional already today. But maybe you don't realize that as many as perhaps 400,000 people use that devotional every day. God has really blessed that devotional and our ministry. 1958, our ministry realized the power of radio and they started an Arabic ministry. 1965, they started a Spanish ministry. 1969, Japanese, Portuguese, and Indonesian ministry. Long story short, today we work in 10 major world languages, which means that we can share the gospel to almost every country in the world. God has really blessed this small ministry. So we've had 80 plus years of ministry, and uh, so many things have changed. Back in the day, they didn't say media, they said radio. We've used radio, we've used television, we've used shortwave radio, we've used different kinds of channels for doing the same thing that our founders wanted to do in 1939. They wanted to share the gospel, they wanted to disciple followers of Jesus. They wanted to connect people to local churches. So many things have changed, including our name, Reframe Ministries. But our mission has not changed, and we're so grateful to have the opportunity to reach out around the world. And this morning, I just wanted to say a word about Reframe, um, invite you to look at our website. Um, but also, I wanted to say thank you to you. This is a covenantal relationship that we have with members of the Christian Reformed Church. We're not a parachurch organization. We work for the Christian Reformed Church. We represent you. And without your gifts, without your prayers, it would be impossible.
for us to share the gospel, to disciple followers of Jesus, to connect people to churches. Our partnership makes this possible. So thank you for your gifts and your support uh, as a congregation, perhaps some uh, individual donors. We need your help. And so uh, it's good to be here today to say a little bit about our ministry and to thank you for your part, your role in what we do around the world. So thank you very much. Also, I'll be uh, in the front, uh, front or back, whatever it is, uh, having a little coffee. And if you have some questions, I'd be very happy to uh, have a conversation with you. Now I invite you to um, open God's word with me. Psalm 67, apparently it's on page 902 of your pew Bibles. Psalm 67. Psalm 67, for the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all of the ends of the earth will fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Some years ago, Vicki and I, and by the way, she wasn't able to be here this morning, but she sends her greetings to you. Vicki and I took a camping trip. Vicki's parents live in South, South Florida, and we were living in Michigan. I was a student there, and uh, we thought, we'll take a camping trip down to South Florida. So we packed up our bright red Toyota Starlet with our pup tent and our camping gear, and we started out. I think the first place we stopped was Lookout Mountain in Tennessee. Maybe you've heard of Ruby Falls. Vicki's a Covenant College graduate, so it seemed like a great place to stop. We didn't actually go to the falls, but stopped at a park there and put up our pup tent and made our supper. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it was hot dogs over the fire. And uh, we were sitting at the table, and we had some some bug juice, some sweet red juice. And uh, I remember that summer, it was so very dry. It was extremely dry. And there were lots of bees around. And I guess the sweetness of our bug juice and, uh, you know, the red color, it, it, it attracted the bees. And unfortunately, one of the bees got into Vicky's shirt and it stung her several times down her back. And she was in agony. And we were, you know, there was a commotion at our campsite. And finally, the Ranger came over, and I guess we didn't have a, you know, a medicine kit. He gave us some salve, and I put that on Vicky's back, and things settled down. And uh, later we had our fire. Probably we had some s'mores. I can't remember that exactly either. Went to bed and uh, fell asleep. And uh, later in the night, very early in the morning, actually, started to rain. First it was just a drizzle. Then it started to rain harder. And then it got harder, 
and even harder, so that it was raining like, what, cats and dogs, as they say. At first, the water flowed around our sleeping area, but then it seemed to flow right through our sleeping area. I uh, mentioned that this was some years ago. It was actually 1986. And I think as a result of that one camping trip, Vicki and I have done very little camping over the years. I also mentioned that because I don't know if you realize this or not, but Psalm 67 is a camping psalm. Have you ever thought about that? Psalm 67 is connected to the third great pilgrimage festival of the Israelites. Sukkot, the festival of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, which, by the way, is coming up at the end of this month. I think it's September 29th through October 6th. Historically, the people of Israel, when they settled in the land at this time of year, it was kind of a harvest festival. They'd go out and they'd build some shelters and they'd put branches over it and the families would camp out for seven or eight days. And Psalm 67, apparently, it's, uh, you know, sort of thought that this was a psalm that the pilgrims would sing as they went up to Jerusalem. It's a harvest song. It's thanking God for the harvest, but it's also asking God for blessing. So this morning, for a few minutes, I'd like for us to look at Psalm 67 and the meaning of asking God for blessing. What does that mean for God's people, for us today? Psalm 67 starts out, May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us. Do those words sound familiar? They should. It's almost a direct quote from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you context of this passage is that Moses receives this blessing from God. God wants to bless his people. He gives Moses his blessing. Moses gives it to Aaron, and Aaron blesses the people with these words. Psalm 67 is a reminder to God's people that God wants to bless his people. God also wants his people to ask for his blessing. And we see that in Psalm 67. When we ask for God's blessing, we're demonstrating our dependence on him and his goodness. God wants us to ask for his blessing. There's an almost direct connection with Numbers chapter 6. But I also like to mention two other blessing passages not so explicitly related to Psalm 67, but certainly connected in terms of the meaning of asking for God's blessing. In Exodus chapter 19, remember the context, this is where the people of Israel, they're at Sinai, they're getting ready to receive the 10 words, the 10 commandments. And the day before, you know, the people gather and Moses gives them some words and God says to the people uh, at Sinai, Now, if you obey me and fully keep my covenant, 
then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. God wants to bless his people. There's a third passage that I'd like to mention in connection with Psalm 67 this morning also, and that's Genesis chapter 12, the verses uh, 2 and 3. Context here, Genesis 12, chapter 12, it's a pivotal chapter in the entire Bible. Here God calls Abram. He's in the land of his father, and God calls him to go to a land that God will show him. Abram is faithful. He moves in that direction. And God says to him, God promises, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, God says to Abram. Three blessing passages. Numbers chapter 6, Exodus 19, Genesis chapter 12. I think we rightly pause at this moment and say to ourselves, okay, so... What does this mean? How do we connect the meaning of blessing and asking for blessing with Psalm 67? Some years ago, our daughter, she was a member of the youth chorus where we live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She was just learning to drive. She had gotten her license, but we weren't so confident about her driving ability. And she had to go to practice, I think it was at 6 o'clock, busiest time of the day, certainly no comparison with Milwaukee, Grand Rapids, Michigan, but still, as parents, it made us a bit nervous to send her off by herself. So when she started to go, I would drive her there. We leave at 5.30, drive to the you know, place where they practice, I'd come back another half an hour, I'd drive back another half an hour, we'd drive. It was a lot of driving. So I figured out that uh, there was a Myers Thrifty Acres. I don't know if you have those here in Wisconsin. Not so far from where they were practicing. So I would go there on Monday nights while she was uh, practicing. And uh, I'd have a cup of coffee, do a little grocery shopping. It was a great way to redeem the time. At that particular Meyer uh, Thrifty Acres back in the day then... Um, when I would go into the uh, entrance on the north side of the building, there was a large book display. I mean, it was very prominent. And uh, in the very center of that display, there was a picture of a kind of well-known American pastor. It was featuring his book. I'm not going to say his name this morning, but I can say a little bit about him. I can describe him. Very youthful athletic-looking, expensive-looking haircut, very nice white, very straight teeth, expensive suit. I'm not going to say this guy's name this morning. Out of fairness to him, I guess I could say. And I haven't really read his book or his books, but I get an impression from the things that I've heard him reported to have said. He preaches about blessings. But it seems like what I understand, his understanding of blessing is this. God bless me with wealth. God bless me with health. God bless me so that things in my life go smoothly. 
Now, in fairness to this pastor, I'm not going to say his name, in fairness to him, he's not the only one. As a matter of fact, just a week ago, I read an article in Ministry Watch. I don't know if you get that, uh, that email newsletter. In Ministry Watch that said, this is a growing understanding of Christianity in North America. They call that what? Prosperity gospel. Is that the meaning of Psalm 67? Asking God to bless us with health, wealth, and smooth life? If it is, I think that makes blessing a bit empty. If it stops with me. If it stops with you. And, in fact, that is not the meaning of asking for blessing in Psalm 67. We can see this in these three passages we've already looked at. So, the call of Abram. God calls Abram, promises to bless him, promises to make his name great. And we have to add here, it's not because Abram's such a great guy. We see almost immediately he has problems with truth. He has dysfunction in his family. It's not because he's such a great guy. God calls Abram, promises to bless him because God wants to use Abram as a vessel for blessing the nations. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Your name will be great and you will be a blessing to all the peoples on the earth. They will be blessed through you. God changes Abram's name to Abraham, the father of many nations. That's the history of Israel, to be a vessel, to be an instrument. Not to just bless the Israelites, but to be a vessel, an instrument for blessing the nations. Genesis chapter 12, and we can see the same thing in Exodus chapter 19. Actually, we can see the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, making a kind of direct reference to uh, that promise in Exodus 19. But you are a chosen people, Peter says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Purpose clause so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God wants to bless his people. God wants his people to ask for his blessing so that they can be a blessing to the nations. We see this also in the connection between Numbers chapter 6 and Psalm 67. Did you notice I said, when I said this was a quote from Psalm 67 verse 1, was a quote from uh, Numbers chapter 6, I said, almost a direct quote. I don't know if you picked up on that, but if you've got your Bibles open, you can, you can look at it and say, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. What's the difference between Numbers and Psalm 67? In Numbers, it doesn't say, may God bless us. It says, may the Lord or the Lord bless you. 
there's a difference in the use of name here. In Numbers chapter 6, it's Yahweh that's being referred to. You know, the Israelites, they didn't want to take God's name in vain, so they were very careful. They said Adonai, which we translate into Lord, but behind Lord is Yahweh. I am who I am, as God says to Moses at Exodus chapter 3. God gives his name to those people to whom he makes promises. The Israelites, to us. But here in Psalm 67, the psalmist uses the word God. Same God, but a bit more generic. It's El or Elohim in Hebrew, and it means God's sovereignty over all of creation, over all of creation, and over all of the nations. This is a psalm about God's love for the nations. And we can see that also in verses uh, 3 through 5. It permeates the whole psalm, but the structure of the psalm gives us this indication also. I don't know if you noticed, but verse 3 says... May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And then verse 5 repeats that. It's a refrain. Just like when we're singing, we sing a refrain. So 3 and 5 are refrain. And what that means is the Hebrew author of this psalm is saying, here's the heart of Psalm 67. Verse 4 where it says, May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the nations justly and guide the nations of the earth. Psalm 67 is all about blessing. God wants to bless his people. God wants his people to ask for blessing. Just for themselves? No, God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to the nations. We are blessed to be a blessing. As the director of Reframe Ministries, it's really my privilege to see the stories coming in from around the world about how our ministry has been a blessing to so many people. And also I have the real joy and the blessing of being able to work with partners, with colleagues around the world. I actually just came back from India a couple weeks ago. Uh, we did an assessment of our Indian ministry. And uh, so we were all together with our, our uh, ministry partners. We uh, work in northern India. We work actually in the Hindi language. And, uh, but one of the people in the room was a man named Sadiq. Sadiq is actually from a Muslim background. His family was uh, uh, part of uh, you know, Pakistan before the partition in 1947. Sadiq's father, by God's grace, became a Christian. Sadiq was raised as a Christian. Sadiq is passionate about sharing the gospel with non-believers, with Muslims. Sadiq has been blessed and he wants to be a blessing right where he is. Sadiq has been blessed to be a blessing. And we too have been blessed to be a blessing. What does that mean for us here this morning? I think it means, um, as I look out around the room here, I know you've got struggles, you've got trials, you've got challenges. We all do, but I think we can say, yes, God has blessed me. Yes, God 
has blessed our church. And so what do we do? Does it stop with us? No. We have been blessed to be a blessing. In our marriages, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our nation, to all the nations of the earth. Blessed to be a blessing. I mentioned that about uh, my daughter and uh, her love of singing. I'm not a singer myself, uh, so I'm not going to pain you with singing some verses here. But uh, I have to say that uh, as I was working on Psalm 67, a song came into my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind. Do you know that phrase, um, earworm? Do you know that phrase, earworm? I am so susceptible to earworms. An earworm is uh, one line from a song that gets into your head and it just won't go away. It's over and over again. It might be stress-related, I don't know, but I am so susceptible to earworms. So I was working on Psalm 67. I got an earworm. It's not fatal. Yeah, I got an earworm, but it's not fatal. And I was thinking about a line from one song that we used to sing when I was a boy. Can you think of what that song might be in connection with Psalm 67? No, it wasn't, Lord, make me a blessing, which probably would have been more appropriate. There's another song we used to sing. Do you know that song, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing? Do you know that song? It doesn't seem like we sing it so much anymore, but... uh, We did back in the day. That song was going through my head. Actually, not the whole song, just one phrase. There shall be showers of blessing. And, you know, it was driving me crazy. And I read somewhere that, uh, you know, you can get rid of earworms if you know the whole song. You're not just focused on one phrase. So I looked it up. I looked up the lyrics and read through them. And I have to say, it seemed like there might be a little bit of suspect theology in this song. But it nails it in the first verse. It starts out like this. There shall be showers of blessing. The last line of there shall be showers of blessing, first verse goes like this. Sent from the Savior above. We can't leave Psalm 67 this morning without mentioning that Savior above. He came. He lived a perfect life of obedience. He died for you and for me. Can you think of a greater blessing than that? Blessed by Jesus himself to be a blessing. So in closing, let me just leave you with this question. If you know Jesus Christ, if you know the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ being made right with the Father, how will you be a blessing this week in your daily lives. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen.